Amen. Good morning, Calvary. Good morning to our podcast listeners as well. Um, One of my favorite verses lately, and really for a long time, has been found in Romans 12, where it says, Rejoice with those that rejoice, and mourn with those that are mourning. And we have many reasons to rejoice. We have a team currently in Mexico on a mission trip. Our middle schoolers, many of them leave who are in the service. Even some of them are leaving right after the service to go um, to uh, camp for the week. Um, God is doing some great things. Next week, we have uh, Charles Walters, who's going to be from Second Baptist, going to be coming and preaching here. And two weeks from today, we have Party at the Park, formerly known as the pick, uh, the barbecue, but we don't serve barbecue, so it's called Party at the Park. So real important announcement real quick. If you show up two weeks from today, there is no service. The service will have been 12 hours before. It's Saturday night at 630. Two weeks from today, no Sunday morning service, Saturday night service. We're going to pack this room and have a really great attendance that night. So two weeks from today, everybody, let's soak it in. Okay, good. Um, We hope you'll join us Saturday night, and then we want you to come and be a part of Party at the Park as we reach out to our community. So we rejoice that God's doing many things, and we also mourn. Um, I did a memorial yesterday, and also we lost one of our own this week. Andre Sales passed away unexpectedly while on family vacation down in Florida. You may have seen it on WFI or the JNC. And so we want to just take a moment and pray for Amber and the kids as they grieve. God, would you be with Amber and the family. God, we, we grieve um, that Andre is no longer here, but we are thankful for the testimony that uh, we believe he had a relationship with you and that he is at peace and is with you. So God, be with Amber and be with those who are closest um, to Andre as they continue the process of grieving. May your presence be overwhelming. In your name we pray. Amen. We rejoice with those that rejoice. We mourn with those that mourn. And that's important for us to see because faith is a journey. It's a journey, and that's what we, this series is about. You are here, and we are going, and we are progressing, and we are going through the disciplines that draw us into relationship with Christ. Um, today's actually is on the idea of resting and Sabbath. And Sabbath is important. And I think it's important for us to understand why it's important. And let me explain to you real important, real quickly, why it's important. This last week, I spent my 50th, my parents' 50th wedding anniversary with them in Pigeon Forge with my family. You might say there was a berry bunch gathered. And so we had a good time. But my kids are the oldest kids um, of the group. And so there was a bunch of little kids running around in a giant house. And if you know anything about the berries, we are goers and doers. And we went to the water slide and all that fun things that you do. Ride the roller coasters, you know, touristy haven up there. But somewhere along the line, we discovered something very important about 7 o'clock. Our kids were acting a little grumpy. Strangely enough, skipping the naps for the ones who are like four and five years old creates problems. Do you know that? And so I think what we need to understand, while we see that sometimes in the four and five-year-olds, we miss out on that image for ourselves. God made you to have a rhythm of rest. So where do we get this idea of Sabbath? Let's discuss the history In Genesis 2, 1 through 3, it says, So the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. And on the seventh day, God had completed his work that he had done, and he rested. And on the seventh day, from all the work that he had done, God blessed the seventh day and declared it 
holy, for on it he rested from all his work of creation. God rested. If God rested, don't you think we need to? And a lot of times when we describe Sabbath, we describe it as rest. And even going back to the first week of the series, we talked about everything's either work or rest. So what does that look like for us? In Exodus 20, 8 through 10, it says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You are to labor six days and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You must not do any work, your son or daughter, your male or female servant, your livestock or the resident alien who is within your gates. A few things about that. If you know anything about that context, Exodus chapter 20 is where we get the rest of the Ten Commandments. And honoring the Sabbath is the fourth commandment. It is the longest commandment with the most detail written about it. And it's also the most likely to be seen as a suggestion camp commandment in the New Testament, right? We get the idea of thou shalt not murder. Everybody okay with that one this week? Okay, because if not, I have a few police officers I'd like to, to introduce you to. <laughs> But the idea of Sabbath has kind of been polarizing in the church through the years. And we have two extremes. One, we, we view Sabbath as arbitrary. We can do it or not do it. And we're going to come back to that in a few minutes. But the other one is Sabbath as legalism. And neither is correct. Neither is correct. But when we make a list of rules, it becomes complicated. But, but it's also... Why do we have the Sabbath? What is the purpose? And how do we function with that in the 21st century today? Well, I want you to see one thing that's still true. Honoring the, honoring the Sabbath is still a commandment. In other words, you're supposed to do it. But what if you are one of those police officers who's asked to work on Sundays? Are we all glad that there's police officers who work on Sundays? What about fire? I mean, if your house is on fire, you're supposed to go, Sorry, it's the Sabbath. Don't come put out my fire. Delivering a baby. Can you hold that for another 12 hours or so? Some of the pregnant moms are giving me dirty looks right now. I'm going to move on. The reality is sometimes we have to work. So how does this work? And why has this become so jumbled in our society? Well, we've jumbled it because we wanted to view the Sabbath as we've wanted to view it. And not as God intended it. There was a group of people who were the Pharisees, and if you've heard me say this before, the Pharisees were fair, you see, because they wanted to do what was right, but in wanting to do what is right, they forgot to ask God what was right and created a bunch of rules and regulations. And, and they were basically the tattletales and the do-gooders and the person that everybody wanted to beat up in fourth grade. So here's what we say. Not that you should do that if you're a kid in this room. That's bad. Mark 2, 23. Don't know why I said that. On the Sabbath... Jesus was going through the grain fields, and his disciples began to make their way, picking some heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to them, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? You're supposed to have picked all your grain the day before so that you wouldn't have to work on the Sabbath. They were the nanny-nanny-boo-boos. You aren't doing what you're supposed to do. He said to them, Have you never read that David and those who were with him did what, he, what was in need and hungry? Now he entered the house of God in the time of Abathar and the high priest and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for anyone to eat except the priests. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he told them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So then, 
The Son of Man is the Lord, even of the Sabbath. Hold on to that phrase. So then the Son of Man, Jesus, is Lord of the Sabbath. Main takeaway. The Sabbath was made for our benefit. Now here's where we get in trouble. The Sabbath was made for our benefit. That means I can decide if I want it or not. Because if it's a benefit, I can decline the benefit or I can accept the benefit. But I'm going to, you know, I I think I want to decline the benefit. Because there's other things that I would rather be doing. That's the problem is it's still a command. But you understand that the Sabbath was made for your benefit. Go back to the illustration. The four-year-old who never takes a nap. Nobody wants to be around. We live in an angry society. We live in a disgruntled society. We live in a society that's sitting there going, and it's always on road rage, right? And mad because we're always going around doing what we want to do. And what we really need is a little time out. Go to the corner. Have your rest. Get regenerated. Come back into the presence of God. Find the power of God. And then go out and change the world. Ta-da! Thank you. That concludes our sermon. But Daniel, this, this really doesn't help me know how to do this. Well, I want you to first see that God gives us all of the commandments to protect us and keep us close to him. And so when and God says, honor the Sabbath, it is to protect you. Why? Because you will burn yourself out. It is to protect you. He wants us to be drawn closer to him. Now, here's an important thing to understand too. God delights in us. And he wants us to delight in him. But we have to be willing to do our part. Want an example? I want to see God move. Do you want to see God move? Yeah. So we're doing this thing called Party at the Park. And if I were to ask you, do you want to see God move at Party at the Park? Do you want to reach our neighbors? That's great. Who's signing up to work in the food line? Who's signing up to take trash? God, I want you to move. No, not that way. God, I want to move. Send someone else. God, I want you to move in the lives of my children. But not me because I kind of like where I am. God, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. But I'm fine. God wants you to delight in him. And so I want you to understand this is primary the function of what Sabbath is for. It's, it is rest, but the purpose of the rest is often lost on us. So here's the goal. If our goal is to stay close, to restore and regenerate our relationship with God, then we are practicing Sabbath correctly. Not legalism. Not arbitrary. The middle ground. So, Daniel, how does that look and and what does that really entail? I am not sure for you. Can I be a little uh, vulnerable with you? People sometimes ask me, Daniel, What day of the week should we honor the Sabbath? Should it be Saturday, which was technically the seventh day of the calendar, or Sunday? Don't think it matters. Here's why. Daniel, we gather together on Sunday to honor the Sabbath, right? Yes, we do. Congratulations, you're honoring the Sabbath. You're here. Woohoo! Check. Now we can go on in our life, right? That's not the point. Because here's another thing you need to understand Sunday for me is not my Sabbath. 
Why? I love you, but your work. <laughs> some of you are like, that's cool. Some of you are offended right now. <laughs> this is work for me. I'm going to go home and take a two and a half hour nap this afternoon because Sundays, you know, and I can go, woohoo, that's great. I, I, but I have to practice Sabbath on a day other than Sunday. So how do I know if I practice Sabbath well? I know I've practiced Sabbath well by the night when I lay my head in the pillow, I have delighted in God. How do you practice Sabbath? You know at the end of the day you've delighted in God. So what does that mean? Can you play golf? Get to the point, you know? Yes, and maybe not. Right? Can you watch NFL football? Yes. And by the way, Thursday night is the first preseason game. Anybody excited about that? I, I, I love football. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch some football this year, but yes and maybe not. If you are watching football and glorifying God, then yes. If you're yelling at the screen and saying words that your kids should not hear, no. All the wives are like, yeah, get it. Right? Some of the husbands do. But the reality is what we look at and what we do is really supposed to be to delight ourselves in God because we need to be restored into the image of what we were made. We were created in his image to delight in him and pausing for one day a week in order to restore and to regenerate allows us to, to be filled, to delight in God. So how do you practice? Seeking God. Colossians 2, 16. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this with fear and trepidation because I've got to set this passage up a little because some of you are going to take it to one extreme. Okay? Colossians 2, 16 and 17 is describing the legalistic people who were basically like the Pharisees saying, did you play volleyball on Sunday? Shame, shame, shame. Right? But you can take it to an extreme and say, do whatever you want. Remember, the Sabbath, you are, it's a command. You are supposed to honor it by drawing closer to God, okay? But let's back it up in the middle ground and hear what it says. Colossians 2, 16, 17 says, Therefore, don't let anyone judge you, including me, in regard to the food or the drink or the manner of the festival or the new moon or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of what is to come. The substance is Christ. Did you get it? The substance is Christ. We honor the Sabbath for the purpose of delighting in God. So what does that look like? Okay, for those of you who are note takers, I'm going to apologize in advance because I was in Pigeon Forge this last week and did not get these notes. But here are five things, five ways that we practice and honor and what the Sabbath does for us. Very quickly. One, Sabbath opens our senses to God's goodnesses. Goodness, not goodnesses. That's not a word. Goodness. Why do we need that? Okay, let's hearken back and imagine for those of you who may not know that I, okay, I'm married, got a ring. Some of you know my wife. 
And on my wedding day, when my wife walked down the aisle to me, you know what no one had to say to me? Smile. Right? I mean, there she was. She was like, I'm in love. It's our wedding day. Smile. Now, the photographer made me smile ways that were unnatural. And that was like the church telling me to do things that are unnatural, right? But the reality is when my wife walked down the aisle to me, no one had to say, delight in her. She was coming down the aisle to marry this sucker. Which, by the way, might make her the sucker. I don't know. But that's another story. The reality is I was smiling ear to ear. I've been married to her for 20 years since then. And I always tell people it's been 16 of the greatest years of my life. It's been 12 of the greatest years of her life. And the reality is marriage is hard. And sometimes I have to remind myself in the duties of being married to pause and be reminded of opening my senses to the fact that being married to my wife is a grand event. And so it is with our relationship with God. It's a weekly anniversary. A weekly Valentine's Day. Where you pause and you go, I don't know how this week went, but God, I want to sense you. Let's go back to the golf illustration. If you're going around and throwing your clubs around, it may not be good for you to go play golf on the Sabbath. Whatever the Sabbath day is for you. Although I think it's Sunday for most of us, and I'll come back to that in a minute. But the reality is... If you play golf and you see the grand nature and you see the squirrels and you declare God is good and it's a restorative and regenerative thing to you, let no one judge you. Do you follow? It's the idea of realizing and sensing and being. When's the last time you were out in nature and just sensed the presence of God? And you walked around, you felt like you looked up at the stars and you weren't just going, but you paused long enough to, to know, to see. This is what Sabbath does. Sabbath opens our senses to God's goodness. And Sabbath offers restoration for everyone. In the Exodus passage, it, it said, you shouldn't work. Your wife shouldn't work, your servants or your employees shouldn't work, and your livestock shouldn't work. Fido gets a break. That's good, because we aren't going to make Fido work. But the reason is because they need to rest and restore. And it's not good for us to go, I'm resting, but all you go do a bunch of work. And all the kids with hallelujah. Right? This is what we meant by raise the No, that's not what we mean. Because the reality of what he's asking us to do is pause together and do this together. And so it regenerates. You know, ask the farmers. They they plant different crops. Why? Because it needs to regenerate the ground. It needs to restore the, the nutrients. You need to regenerate. You need to be filled. You need to rest and be filled with what God wants to do to you. It offers restoration and hope. Sabbath offers restoration for everyone. And then I love this one. Sabbath allows us to start again. You get faith as a journey. You know what? Sometimes one of the most common things I get when I talk to people about faith and when I'm going through discipleship and maybe a new believer is they'll come to me and go in the office and they'll go, man, I really struggled today. I go, man, I'm sorry. 
do you think I'm still a believer? I go, what was it about the day before? Oh, I, I did really good about that. What about the day before? Did pretty good on that. So just because you had one bad day, because we bought into this idea that our faith should grow like a linear line. Now, let me explain something to you. I'm a pastor, okay? So this is an oversimplification of the way our journey goes. Let's say that each day represents a step closer to God or a step farther away from God. And I, as a pastor, have many, many weeks where I'll have four steps or four days where I feel like, man, I was a good dad today. I really followed God today. I take four steps closer to God, and I'll have three steps back where I'll go, man, this stunk. I was a horrible, horrible father. I was not a good pastor today. And I can beat myself up at that, or at the end of the week, I can go, guess what? I took four steps forward and three steps back, which means I'm a net gain of one step forward. Praise the Lord. Is that just me? Anybody? Nobody else has felt... I probably just need to resign right now if no one's felt like a bad parent before or a bad spouse or a bad friend or a bad employee. Anybody? And God's grace and His mercy comes new. And so Sabbath gives us a clear marker. Now, I love what Lamentations, I was listening to something um, by Matt Chandler. He was talking in, and he was talking about this illustration where he's, he was saying, you know, I think so often what we do is we, we, we play that card of I'm having a bad day a little bit too much. You're like, you're, I'm going to be good today. And then about three o'clock, the day has gone sideways. And so then you start just telling everybody I'm, I'm having a bad day. And it's all of a sudden an excuse to treat your kids poorly. To treat your spouse poorly, to treat your neighbor poorly, poor Fido is going to get kicked to the curb, you know? I mean, I'm not cooking dinner. We're going to go out and buy pizza. And yeah, there's going to be anchovies on it. Deal with it, right? Because I'm having a bad day. Once again, nobody? And maybe, just maybe, we need to realize God's mercies are new every morning. And the reason that Jeremiah says is God's mercies are new every morning because it's a refresher that the day has started new. And there's something wonderful about turning the page. But guess what? You can turn the page any moment. Just because you're having an argument with your spouse or uh, uh, your kid or, or, or your neighbor or your best friend doesn't mean that you have to give the reins of your emotions to that moment and for the rest of that day, the rest of that week, the rest of your life be Igor, right? You can be made new. You can have the choice. But sometimes it's hard to do. Amen? And sometimes we need the, the rhythm of this to, to turn the page. Sometimes we need to find that the reason in Lamentations he says your mercies are new every morning is because when you wake up, you're not so angry. Your, your emotions are caused. Your pulse rate is lower. And you can have a, a better sense of where I'm supposed to be. And so it is with the Sabbath. The Sabbath is designed to be a point in the week where you sit there and go, well, that was a bad week. Let's turn the page. (laughs) That was a great week. Let's add to it. It is a rhythm, a a check on the pulse. How am I doing? It is a, a normal sense of breathing that we are able to go, how are we doing now? Let's keep going forward. And so we gather. To do life together, to mourn together, to rejoice, to rub shoulders, to challenge, to breathe, to sing, to exalt, to delight in God. And when we do that, Sabbath not only allows us to start again, but Sabbath builds community. 
It just does. I said the illustration a while ago of the seven days. Four days forward, three days back. I like to think of Sabbath as the coin flip that always lands on heads. Like three other days of the week, I'm going to go back. Three other days, I'm going forward. But the Sabbath, I'm going to go forward. Right? So then I just got to get 50% the rest of the week. That is a horrible way to look at it. But sometimes I sit there and I go, that's what I got. Now, mostly I want to draw closer to God all the time. But the Sabbath should be a given. And the way it should be a given is because we lean into each other. I'm a preacher, so this is with fear and trepidation. I'm going to say it. Sometimes the best message you hear on a Sunday morning isn't from the stage. It's from that other mom that said, boy, I'm sorry you had a bad week. Let's go over in this corner and let me pray with you. Sometimes it's from that well-timed hug or the tear shed over your morning. Sometimes it's over a celebration. Man, that's awesome. Your kid accepted Christ. Your neighbor is coming today. Sometimes the most important words we have are with each other. And when we make being here a priority, do you have to go to church to honor the Sabbath? Yes and no. I think you should be here because when you're not here, we, we hurt because part of the body is missing. You understand that? But does it mean if you're not here, you're not going to heaven? Well, no, that's legalism. Why do we want you here? We want to delight in God with you together. Sabbath builds community, and perhaps most importantly, Sabbath gives us a glimpse of eternity. You know what you're going to do in eternity? Rest. Isn't that awesome? Like, not work. We're going to be worshiping, singing, being at peace, no problems. That's awesome. And that's hopefully what we're trying to do here is to rest. Now, a few weeks ago, we were doing a staff devotion. Reggie, who will be on stage here in a little bit, was doing um, the devotion. And he said this in a particular way. I've heard this before, but he said it in a particular way that really struck me that morning. He said, you know, we spend our lives trying to do in order to be. But you know the problem with trying to do in order to be is you never stop to be. And we are called human beings. We're not supposed to be human doings. And I think when we understand that the point of delighting in God is when we find that we are made in His image and we find the glory of what we were made to be, we find that it's not always about the promotion or getting married or helping your kids know this. All those things are fine. But ultimately, our success is do we rest in the delight of God? Let's learn to be. Not because it's a legalistic command, although it is a command. Let's learn to be 
so we can be who God made us to be. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, it starts there. We believe that this thing called sin, we did things we wanted to separate us from God. But Jesus came and he lived a perfect life and he died on a cross, was buried in the ground and was resurrected three days again and is still alive today as he ascended into heaven. And as you have a relationship with him that you can spend from now into an eternity resting in the very reason you were made to be. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth, Jesus, Lord, repent from your old ways and turn and go and follow him, then you can be a follower of Jesus, resting in him. If you've never done that, we'd like you to go by the next step space and let us know. We can talk you through the next steps of how to grow. But our Monday morning application that we're going to give you today is really designed in order not to be legalistic, but it's designed to help you delight in God because that's how we know we're doing this. We're going to have two, an individual and a, a corporate one. The Monday morning application is very easy, very basic, but yet hard to practice. One day a week, minimize all distractions of this world and rest in his presence. I don't know that I can do that. Chick-fil-A does it, you can do it too. One day a week, minimize all distractions of this world and rest in his presence. What are the distractions? The things that take you away from the delight of God. Maybe you can do laundry on Sunday or whatever the day you're practicing this. Great. You know, if you're a nurse and you have to work every other Sunday, maybe you have to practice on a Saturday. Don't do laundry on Saturday. If you can't do laundry and honor and be delighted in God, don't do it. You have my permission. Not that you need it. If you can't mow the yard, but delight in God. It may just be so simple as mowing the, the yard by listening to praise music. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. The second family Monday morning application is as a family unit, discuss why church and Sabbath are important. And if needed, establish at least one new boundary helping to protect the Sabbath. What is that boundary for you? Maybe it's a commitment to be at church unless someone is sick. Maybe it's a, com a commitment, a boundary to say, we are going to have no cell phones on Sunday afternoons. <gasps> Half the room just died. Maybe for you it's going to be, we as a family are going to eat every meal together on Sundays and we're going to talk about God. Or we're going to only do things as a family but the point is, when you lay your head on the pillow at night, at the end of the Sabbath day, do you feel rejuvenated in your relationship with God? Do you feel restored to carry out the burdens and the work that we are called to do the other six days of the week? Let's turn the page. Let's find the rhythm. Let's find the joy. Let's delight in Him. Let's honor the Sabbath. So God, we are thankful for the challenge. And God, we know that in this room that we're all over the map and what we've been taught about this from a very legalistic stance to just, it doesn't matter. So God, I pray that even through the words I preached today, you would honor those with the power of your Holy Spirit, may you show us clearly what we need to do. 
God, to delight in you, to dwell on you, to have joy with you. And ultimately, may we lift you up, glorify your name, and exalt you. For you are the reason that we sing. In your name we pray.